Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Romans 2. If you have ever tried to share your faith with other people, especially here in an American context, I bet you have come across what I would consider to be the number one objection that people have towards Christianity, and that is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Nobody likes a hypocrite. And even further, no one likes a proud hypocrite. Someone that boasts in their holiness and their righteousness while actually being two-faced about it. And it's these themes that we turn to now in Romans 2. So we're in Romans and we started in chapter 1 looking at the wrath of God being revealed against the unrighteousness of men. And we talked about the gospel being the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes and how it comes through faith. And that's going to be a big argument here in the book of Romans. Now, what we're doing from kind of the middle of chapter one through towards the end, middle end of chapter three is Paul is making his case that we are all sinners, that no one will be saved by their own Works And then uh, starting in chapter 3, verse 21, he's going to pivot to really explaining we become righteous through faith in Christ. And so as we're in the middle of his argument of why none of us are getting saved by our own works or our own deeds, he he makes a pivot because in chapter 1, he he goes for the low-hanging fruit. It's obvious that the pagan culture given into Uh, sexual immorality and even homosexual perversion, and then all these other sins at the end of the chapter, it's obvious that they are not achieving the righteousness of God. But now in chapter two, he pivots to those that would consider themselves more moral or more righteous. And, And specifically, he'll talk a lot about things that would pertain to the Jewish people. And you see it right here at the beginning. It says, therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, practice the very same things. And that's a warning we need to hear, I would think, especially on a podcast like this, because I bet most of you yesterday are looking along with Romans and being like, yeah, the world is crazy and all the sexual immorality and the LGBTQ agenda and all the wickedness of the world. Yeah, the world's a messed up place. And it's easy to look down on the sin around us. But that's where chapter 2 puts up a mirror right in front of you to say, hmm, are you doing the same things? And when it jumps down later in the passage, verse 21, you teach others, do you not teach yourself while you preach against stealing? Do you steal? You say that one must not commit adultery. Do you commit adultery? And so we need to be challenged by those questions. You know, you look out at the world and say, man, look at all the sexual immorality at the world. Okay, well, are you looking at pornography? Are you giving into lust in your mind? Is there some inappropriate relationship in your life? Well, that's 
hypocrisy. Or, you know, you blast others for lying, but are you shading the truth? Are you being honest? You look at the materialism of the world, and and frankly, you look down on rich people who you define as people who have more, a lot more than you do, yet do you covet? Are, Are you... Uh, practicing integrity in all of your financial dealings. This is where the the mirror needs to get held up to us. And what we'll see is whether you appear to be on the more moral end of the spectrum or whether you are just, you know, out and out a pagan, you are still a sinner who needs salvation. All of us. And that's what we see here in verse Three, do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourselves, that you will escape the judgment of God? And that's the question you need to ask yourself today. Do you think you will escape the judgment of God? Uh, The implied answer is no, you won't. You will not escape the judgment of God. But then here's a very key verse in our reading today. Verse four, or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? So if God has not struck you down in judgment, it's not because you don't deserve it. It's because he is patient and and kind. And that patience, that kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. So that's the big question today. No matter where you are on the spectrum of apparently good to just out and out bad, you are a sinner. Have you repented and and called on God and looked to him and his forbearance, his patience and his kindness? Now, obviously, in chapter 3 and in chapter 4, especially, we'll get more into what that looks like of faith in Christ and and how Christ gives us his righteousness. We're going to get there. But for now, it's have you repented? And are you ultimately trusting in Christ or are you trusting in your own righteousness? Because without Christ, chapter 2 is going to point out your own righteousness is a facade. It's a facade. And he goes in to talk about how God will uh, show his judgment. And even those that presume upon his patience, this should be a warning verse, verse five, but because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. And then it goes on to talk about God's righteous judgment. And then when it says in verse seven, to those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. And I think there's two things there. It is not teaching that we somehow earn our salvation if we do right, because chapter three is going to point out nobody does that. Nobody does that. Uh, But I think it also goes to show that we will be transformed when we do receive the righteousness of Christ. And he goes on now to talk more about Jews and Gentiles, how some Gentiles, they obey the law, even though they don't have the law, because really God has given them a conscience. But even Gentiles, they're going to have in verse 15, the conflicting thoughts, accuse or even now excuse them, right? They're still not keeping what their conscience tells them perfectly. And someday God who judges the secrets will judge them. But then the last part of the chapter really takes aim at the Jewish people who thought that, well, because I have the law, you see there, especially in verse 
17 and 18. You call yourself a Jew. You rely on the law and you boast in God because you have the law and you know all these things. Yet the problem is, don't you still do them? And then you see really the problem of hypocrisy. It's highlighted here. Um, here talking about the Jewish people, but the same principles would apply today. Verse 23, you who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. That's a great uh, encapsulation of the horror of hypocrisy right there. When a pagan sins, well, that's what pagans do. But when somebody who claims to be religious, somebody who claims to be a Christian sins, well, that dishonors God in, in a unique way because you are claiming to follow God, yet denying him by your actions. And so the name of God is blasphemed because of hypocrisy. So a lot of the Jewish people, they thought that knowing the law somehow scored them spiritual points. Or then at the end of the chapter, it really gets to circumcision. Now, again, most of you don't think of circumcision. While that's more common medical practice today, none of you are really thinking that somehow scores you spiritual points. But there are a lot of rituals today that you might think, oh, well, I'm good with God because of this. And that's where while he is talking clearly then to a Jewish audience, as we think through things now, uh, there still are some of these same tendencies today. If you think of it in an American context, there are people who boast in what they know, right? They're not the Jewish people who've had the law, but they've grown up in the church. So they know the Bible and they know the truth about God. And they think that they've got some level of spiritual credit because of the external ceremonial things that they do, which in our day and age, in our culture, probably isn't circumcision, but it could be things like going to the church or giving or abstaining from certain external uh, sinful practices. Well, I, I don't gamble and I don't go to bars or I don't do uh, certain taboos because, oh, look at me. Well, there's still plenty of other sin in their life. You, you can see these things apply today. People today still think, well, because of what I know or some outward ceremony thing that I do, I'm good with God. Well, that doesn't negate the fact that every single one of us have sin and we have the problem of sin in our lives. And that's where we'll get to more in chapter three. Uh, but here in chapter two, I want us to, to focus again and even end our time back at verse four. Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? And everybody needs to apply this verse in one of two ways. First and foremost, you need to repent. If you are reading this today and you're convicted, man, I'm thinking it's what I do or what I know that, that is saving me, but I'm still just being a hypocrite. You need to turn from your sin. Stop trusting in yourself and trust in Christ. The only hope you have for righteousness. And then second, if you have done that, uh, today's chapter should result in you praising God for his, what it mentions here in verse four, for his patience and for his kindness. And remind yourself, you are saved, not because you knew something and were so smart, not because you did something, some external ceremonial thing. You were saved because of the kindness and patience 
of God. And we'll see more of that in Romans, that there is no room for boasting. And so I would hope you today spend time worshiping God for his patience, for his kindness, remembering that's the only reason why you are saved, why you have not already been judged for your sin. So may none of us be hypocrites, and even worse, may none of us be proud hypocrites. May we be those in humility who have turned from our sin and now walk in the righteousness of Christ. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.